0: Host, Beth Ann.
1: And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. I'm excited about the show. We have Daniel with us. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer. And then I'm going to vent a little bit, just a little bit, before we bring Daniel on. He'll forgive me. I know he will. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you. We come before you, Father, with heavy hearts, in our nation for the things that we see that are going on and father the the lies that we are constantly told and then there's there's no there's no backing up there's no apologies and i believe there's no apologies because the lies were purposely done and they have no intentions of stopping the lies. Help us, Father, to have that gift of discernment that we can sift through the things that we are told and we can seek the truth. And we know that you are the truth. We're in a mess, as you well know. And we beg your forgiveness for our complacency and Apathy that we have allowed this to happen. And I'm talking about myself as much as anything. Reward our efforts to try and bring this country back to you, back home. To truth, to freedom, to liberty, to righteousness. Protect us, Father. Protect President Donald Trump. And those who are around him that are truth seekers that are patriots. And I ask that you put a hedge of protection around him and also a hedge of people around him that are close to you. Help us, Father, as your children, to do that which you have commanded us to do. For such a time as this, it is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So obviously you can see that the lies are on my mind. Tell me no lies, and I'll think you're dead. Isn't that the way you feel about these politicians and the media? And if their pants really actually caught on fire, it would be easier to know when they were lying if they'd actually caught on fire. Can you imagine? There wouldn't be enough firemen in D.C. or across this country to put out the fire. And I started out with, oh, how I loathe you, let me count the ways. And it's talking about the lies. And I did a really bad job of putting my monologue together. I'm just going to be honest with you. But there's no particular reason, starting out, that we realized the hate for Donald J. Trump. But it began before he was ever president. As soon as he came down that escalator, there was an attack on them. Because it became apparent that the people were listening to him and understanding, finally, here's a person who doesn't pretend to be something he's not. He genuinely cares about them and about this nation. But the attacks and the lies began. I will make a fool attempt here just to list a few of them off the top of my head. Now, we must understand that the lies also came with much drama. If you remember, there's so much drama in their lies and wickedness as well. The comedians on the late night forgot all about comedy and started one-sided political attacks. Isn't that crazy? What would Johnny Carson say? There was a lie regarding Russian immediately. They went after Carter Page. And there was another man, I've, I've lost his name, that they also went after. And I believe Vice President Pence, I believe now, was in on the attack on General Flynn. And the lie continued, went after his family, and it was infused with a threat against his family. Russian collusion was all we heard. The Ukrainian phone call, and there were two impeachments, and both of the impeachments were on false information. We now know the truth of those informations, but nothing's been done to change it. It's just totally ignored. They did what they wanted to do. They impeached the president twice. We know the dossier was paid for by Hillary Clinton, but nothing's going to happen to her, apparently. So justice is not served because truth, although it came out, they haven't allowed it to prevail. But it will one day. It will. The Afghanistan surrender that killed at least 13 American soldiers, and it left many civilians behind enemy lines. And as I was writing this, I was thinking, we've never heard about the school children from California and their teachers. Did they ever make it back out? I don't know. Because apparently it's not important to the media. Inflation is only going to be transitory. That was a lie. Vaccines will cure and stop the spread. Of all the uh, COVID viruses, masks are necessary, but they are mandated. It was a wet market, a bat. And, well, you know, I don't even want to go down that road, what they do with those bats. I don't even want to talk about it. Hydroxychloroquine is bad. Ivermectin is bad. Pfizer mm, got rich. That's true. But the Myrna vaccine is dangerous and does not work. But yet we keep telling, they keep telling us it does. They want to mandate it for animals. They want all children, including babies, to be vaccinated with this. Why? The CDC has now revealed that the coronavirus more than likely did come from the China Wuhan lab. And their whistleblower says, and she said long ago, and she's sticking to it, it was intentional. As each lie is revealed positively to be a lie, what does America receive for justice? Justice. Silence and more lies. The lie of climate change continues, and it is absolutely breaking this nation in every which way. The lies of the train wreck and the community is not safe, and it's Donald Trump's fault. They can't, they can't blame him forever on everything. Well, we could go on forever, unfortunately, because their lies just keep piling up. But there's no justice. No justice. And climate change. And what they did, the only truth that I think Biden ever said was he was going to stop fracking and he was going to, he didn't say it out loud that he was going to break this country. But everything he promised to do was breaking this country. and, And it's happening faster than I ever deemed it could be. But we do have people with boots on the ground. And they are fighting. And Power of the Future is one of those groups that's doing that. And Daniel Turner is leading the way. Daniel, sorry to uh, throw so much at you this morning, but how are you doing today?
2: Oh, no, there's a lot to be thrown at us every day, and so that's why we need programs like yours for a little bit of sanity, so thank you.
1: Oh, thank you for saying that. It's, uh, isn't it amazing that the lies never get rebuked once they've been put out there? Nobody ever says, oh, I'm sorry I did that, I didn't know better, I blah, 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 I believe such and such. They don't ever say anything. It just goes quiet.
2: No, and they just move on to the next agenda (laughs) and the next fly. Exactly. Um, I think the story that's really dominating the headlines not right now is the origins of COVID. Again, uh, we've been talking about this for years now. Oh, yeah. But this Department of Energy report that basically confirms that it escaped from the lab, I say escaped in air quotes. I don't know if it escaped or if it was unleashed intentionally. I believe it uh, it was intentional, but that's my own personal belief. Um, But that's the new story now. And no one's going to rebuke their lies for years telling us we were crazy conspiracy theorists.
1: You know, uh, the the young woman that worked in the lab, she worked over there. And uh, I I remember when they interviewed her a couple of years ago that she was worried about her parents. But she said it is intentional. It was intentional. She said it wasn't intentional for it to spread in Wuhan like it did. But the world, yes. And I have my own theory about that, and that's all it is, is a theory. And we don't have to go down that road. But I'm concerned about all the lies that we continue to hear. We're headed into a break. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth with Daniel Turner. Power the Future, boots on the ground for truth. And we'll be right back. Radio. This is Beth Ann. I've been um, trying to get in shape, and I'm walking every evening a little, well, as much as I can. And uh, as we were walking last night, my husband was telling me that our little Petey's under investigation for all his personal travel time. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know if you'd heard anything about that. I've kind of just now brought it up here. It says the Department of Transportation, which is his own department, opened internal investigations against Buddha Judges. Personal travel, and I think every one of these secretaries of whatever they are, I think every one of them should be demanded to fly commercial like the rest of us, and maybe then they'd make sure commercial uh, airlines everything moves smoothly and safely and blah blah blah. Why should they get private jets? Why should we pay for them to have private jets when we can't? That's just my opinion, and I think he deserves one hundred percent.
2: I don't begrudge <laughs> to Buttigieg for wanting to fly private because if he has been in an airport, he knows it's a hassle. I mean, taking your shoes off and your belt off and everyone at TSA is yelling at you all the time. Um, but maybe, like you said, if he did travel commercially, he would see that and he would, as the transportation secretary, try to improve things. But instead, of he prefers them. to travel Private And I would, too. Again, I don't begrudge him trying to escape <laughs> uh, uh, commercial travel. I have to travel. Heck, I'll be on a plane in in 20 hours. Um, I travel commercially quite a bit. It's miserable. Um, but it is funny that, that he chooses to, to use private jet. It's also bizarre in the audit that they announced. A lot of it's international travel. And I'm just curious as to why all these American cabinet secretaries have to travel internationally so much. He's not the transportation secretary of another nation. So That's I true. could understand if you wanted to talk to the uh, tra- transportation secretary of another country to get best practices. But, heck, you can jump on a Zoom call like the rest of us do. Why do you have to travel internationally so much to be the American transportation secretary?
1: Well, this is what I think. and And I just came up with this idea like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> It hasn't been thought through real well. But I'm thinking this should be part of their job requirement, especially the transportation secretary, that every representative and senator flies commercially. That's the people that they represent. They don't Mm -hmm. represent somebody in Ukraine or somebody in Iran or somebody somewhere else. They represent the American people. And I think – then they might make sure that things went a little smoother, and it wasn 't such a headache, and it wasn 't such a disaster uh, to fly and maybe it would be a little more efficient i don 't want them to make it that way. I want them to mm-hmm. make sure that it 's that way i don 't want them to get well,
2: and you know I, what I think you 're raising a great point because they are our elected representatives, and they should live a little bit like we Us. do um, and, and you have to ask yourself when 's the last time you ever saw your, your senator or your representative at the grocery store or in the airport, or when's the last time you saw them around town just doing the regular things that we do? Do they not eat? Do they not jump on planes? Well, of course they do, but somehow they don't seem to have to do the things that we have to do. And so I think you're raising a great point. If you're the U.S. senator from, from the great state of Missouri, I would like to think if I am frequently in and out of the St. Louis airport, eventually... I would see one of my senators or one of my representatives on that flight to Reagan airport. Um, but you rarely see these people in the airplane. You rarely see these people just living normal lives because they have staffs, taxpayer funded staffs, and they have someone do their dirty work for them. And that's not. he's <laughs> supposed to be, they're supposed to be like us a little bit, um, but boy, oh boy, do they seem to have a life of privilege. That's for sure.
1: And it's all of them. I mean, I don't know that all of them necessarily oh, yes. do that, but I, I would guess that my representative, and I like Josh Hawley, but I know how he got outraged when, uh, it was the USDA. All of a sudden they just thought maybe some of them should get an offices where they actually, uh, are in the areas that they're supposed to be making, uh, uh, policies for. They're not really supposed to make policies, but you know what I'm saying. Represent. Mm-hmm and uh they were they were just upset about it, and I guess there's some in the transportation no the e p a they're upset about leaving their offices and i mean leaving their homes and having to go back to the office. <laughs> I saw that you wrote about that, and I thought, uh or you made a statement about that uh, it's you know yeah. they don't care about East Palestine people because they're not rich enough, powerful no. enough. They can't help them with their careers, and therefore they don't count.
2: No, they don't. And, 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 and that's exactly the, I think, the fear our founding fathers had when they set up this system. And it's also why we shouldn't have this full-time legislature. I mean, exactly. Look at your state. Your states are all very big and very powerful. I don't think there is any state that has a full-time legislature. They have a legislative season. Normally it's now. It's the beginning of the year. And then the rest of the year, your elected state senators and state assemblymen have jobs. They're insurance agents or farmers or something else. Um, It's bizarre that our federal ones, this is their full-time career. They're always complaining that they don't make enough money. They make three times the national average. Um, And and they don't have other – well, they do have other jobs, fundraising and giving speeches. And that's how people like AOC at the ripe old age of early 30s, went from a bartender to a congresswoman, and now has a net worth of, I think they said close to $30 million. (laughs) Um, That's pretty impressive for someone who makes $180,000 a year. Um, So they do have other jobs, but we just pay for it. Um, Going back to Pete Buttigieg, another thing that they do, which is is highly unethical um, but is commonplace, is you you, you schedule your work around personal vacation. So, heck, I would love to go skiing for the week in Montana. And you know what? Find me a reason to be in Montana on Thursday, and then I can expense the trip. And they do. And they say, oh, well, the Montana Transportation Commissioner said he'd have lunch with you. Great. And that's the excuse. I'm going to now expense a private jet to Montana because I had this meeting, but I actually just stayed there for the week to go skiing, and you paid for my transportation. And all this stuff has to end. This is why we're $30 trillion in debt.
1: Absolutely. You know, if we did away, there, there's, there's talk. I don't know that it's going to happen. I wish I – if you have any way of getting a hold of Betsy DeVos, I would really like to get a hold of Betsy DeVos. But if we started doing away with these departments – now, I think we kind of need the Department of Transportation. We don't need Secretary Petey because he's no good. No. But um, – Secretary, uh, the Education, the Department of Education, it's not needed. The Department of EPA, it's not needed. You can have those in your own states, you know. We don't need the national ones. So if we got rid of those, how many employees would we stop supporting? (laughs) I mean, we could eliminate. We're not going to eliminate the debt. They've just got it so unsustainable that I don't know how that's going to happen unless we just default. But. If we started really seriously cutting back, how much money would that be?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And after the break, because I, I won't finish it in time, but if I could give you my example of transfer, of the education department and okay. how, it, how it's used, how it's weaponized by the D.C. establishment while your kids are struggling to learn, oh. um, this is the problem with our government. And education is the most salient example of how Washington does not need a Department of Education, but Washington wants one because it it, it helps the political agenda. And bit, yeah. I'll share that with you all. I, I really want to hear there.
1: that when we come back. Excited but about. I, I wish I had numbers. I thought about this a week or two ago. I wish I had numbers on what each department is. There's a ton of these departments people don't even know exist. <laughs> and then those departments have departments. You know, they're not just stand alone. They've got other departments and it's like, it just goes nuts. So all the furniture for those departments, all the salaries for those departments, all the office equipment, all the office supplies, everything that goes into those, they have to travel. And I'm okay if these senators want or representatives travel private jet as long as it's their private jet on their dime. If they don't want to drive, fly commercial, they can have their own private jet. I'm done paying for them. I, I just I just think it's it's something we need to quit doing. And uh, why are they so afraid of the people? Yeah. You know, we pay for well, all the security you know, and all that. Why are they so afraid?
2: One funny example I'll say quickly. The Department of Agriculture has 100,000 employees. There are only 2 million farms in America. So you should know your Department of Agriculture representative. And if you
1: don't, there's a problem. And I'm telling you right now, there is a problem. (laughs) I hear the music. We're headed into the break. When we come back, we're going to hear about your, uh, I think it's funny but probably sad, story about the Department of Education. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future. I do want to talk a little bit about the train wreck today, too, Daniel. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We will be right back. you're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future. Daniel, we just love having you on. I tell you what, we get into some conversations. I think we should have like two or three hours, although you can't stay that long. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we really do enjoy. Uh, and I want to hear your story about the Department of Education.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. And, and this is just being 20 some odd years now in D.C. and having gone through a lot of election cycles and, seeing how, how, how perverted the system is. And I, I think the Department of Education is the best example of that. So with the presidential election. And the new president, whether it's Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter. Both parties do this. I agree. The new president is elected, and the president vows education will be a top priority. So the president gets sworn in in January, and then they start floating who the cabinet members are going to be. And that cabinet member has to go through all their hearing and finally get confirmed. And so now it's maybe April or so of of the the first year, and the cabinet member is sworn in. And that cabinet member's first decision is to hire all of the lobbyists who gave a ton of money to the president's campaign. They all come from D.C. educational think tanks and D.C. Mm. activist groups. And all these people get positions at the Department of Education, which has tens of thousands of employees. And so all these people get very high profile positions and that's what they spend the first couple of months doing. And then we hire a consultant. We do a listening tour around the country and the Department of the Secretary of Education is on a historic visit. And you do some inner city schools, you do some country schools, you fly around the country, you have all these meetings. You don't really do anything. You're on a quote unquote listening tour. And then by December of that year, the Department of Education rolls out their big plan. Sometimes it's called No Child Left Behind. Sometimes it's called Race to the Top. But this is their big plan, and they've hired some huge consultant, given them a nine million dollar contract to write this plan for them, and they give it some stupid acronym. Uh, we can think of one: the uh, the Champs Plan. Champs, uh, uh, Children Helping America Make Progress, and that's all we care about: the Champs Plan and the president talks about champs and the secretary of education does another tour talking about the champs plan and we need congress to pass champs because once champs has passed we can actually do something for our children and that's now the focus is the champs bill champs 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 that's all we talk about february of the next year champs is finally brought to the floor And boy, has there been a lot of political pressure put on weak Republicans like Mitt Romney and Lindsey Graham. Mm. If you don't vote for champs, you hate the children. And so they say, holy cow, I better vote for champs because I don't want to be known as someone who hates children. So they vote for champs. And champs barely passes 52 votes, but it passes. The president has an enormous signing ceremony. They have a bunch of minority children gathered around the desk The president signs the bill, holds it up, everyone applauds, teachers unions are thrilled. Champs finally passed. But aha, now Republican operatives have actually read the 4,000-page Champs bill, and they (laughs) see that $900 million is spent towards transgender education awareness. So what do we do? Now we primary Mitt Romney and Lindsey Graham, and we say no conservative would have actually voted for this. And now, holy cow the Republican Senate and the Republican House are petrified, they're going to lose some really tough races. Now all we do is we spend money to defend Mitt Romney and Lindsey Graham and all these other weak Republicans who voted for champs. And this whole next year, that's the battle. Mitt Romney is a true conservative, and had I known champs, and I vow next Congress we will reform champs, and we will take out, and that's all we spend our money and our effort on. Now we have to defend the Republicans who voted for champs. We get to November. We get through a nasty primary. Woof. We all breathe a sigh of relief. We kept those seats. Lindsey Graham squeaked it out. Mitch McConnell squeaked it out. Hundreds of millions of dollars spent. We get to January of the next year, and the president says, but you know what? Now we're going to make champs a presidential issue because the children. Matter and I am fighting for the children. And you realize none of Champs appropriation kicks in for another four years. Champs hasn't actually done anything. It's just all a signal. It's all a bunch of words. The funding for Champs doesn't start for another two years, but we're running on Champs because the children matter the most. All of this nonsense is happening. Hundreds of millions of dollars spent. Thousands of people making huge salaries. Travel in the country, talking about champs. What's improved in the life of your children? Has their reading gone? We are the worst educated, developed right. nation in the world.
1: And spend the most Not money.
2: even close. I mean, not even close. How poorly. And that's not a knock against American kids. And politicians can't say that. Because if they do, the media will say, you know what? Beth Ann was on TV making fun of Americans. She called American children stupid. No, she didn't. She said they are the worst educated kids in the nation because we are. Why? Because we spend all of our money trying to get vulnerable Republicans to vote for a silly piece of legislation that isn't going to go into effect for five more years because that is the role of the Department of Education. The role of the Department of Education in D.C., is political points against my opponents. It is not about educating kids. So while you're watching the champs fight, and I'll end with this, your kids are not getting any smarter. Their teachers are not improving. The teachers unions are making a lot more money. That's for oh,
0: sure, yeah. because they
2: were all buying champs. But nothing has changed in your education. Now, my fear of, of a lot of the Republicans running is that they say, when I become president, I will manage the system better. My genuine belief, and you could convince me I'm wrong, but my genuine belief is the system needs to be absolutely destroyed. No one can manage it because there's too much money. There are too many employees. There are too many lobbying groups. The only way to manage education in America is return it back to the state. And then if the people of Missouri are fighting tooth and nail over Champs, Missouri, and your governor is saying, I'm going to make the kids of that is a battle for Missourians to have. And I, as a Virginian, will 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 wash my hands and say, I'm really sorry what's happening in Missouri, but it's not my state. Right now, everything is concentrated in D.C., and none of us have the power to stop what's happening in D.C. But you could have a lot more power in Springfield. I could have a lot more power in Richmond. New Yorkers could have a lot more power in Albany, et cetera, et cetera. That is how all of our education and system runs, and a lot of our other systems, commerce, HHS, uh, transportation to a certain extent, mm-hmm. that is why the system needs to be genuinely destroyed. No one can manage it better. It has to be dismantled.
1: And, and the transportation department, um, I believe, are, it should be honed in, should be funneled. There's, I'm sure there's things that they're regulating that they shouldn't be regulating. Mm -hmm. But what hap why aren't these folks why aren't they on um why aren't they made sure that uh that what they do actually does something? That it's improved, you know, if if you've improved your department then you've been successful. But it doesn't matter. I mean, what has what has little Petey done? I mean, what has he done to really help anything other than expose that (laughs) diversity hiring is not a good deal. I mean, it just doesn't work out well. That's
2: the only thing. And what happens every time we fill up our gas tank and we have that additional tax that's supposed to go to roads and bridges? Every time you you get your car inspected, they say the reason why you're paying your inspection fees and your registration fees is to go towards roads and bridges. And then we shake our head and we say, Boy, all the roads and bridges are crumbling. We need a $1.7 trillion infrastructure package. Well, where's all that money gone? Well, That's private the jets. Secretary be
1: <laughs> We're back to private jets.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, hear,
1: I hear the music. We're headed. That was, that was, I liked what you did. It really helped everyone understand how it works for government, but not for the people. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner. Power the Future. I have failed to give the website, but you know it. PowerTheFuture.com. PowerTheFuture.com. Glean some information there. And help them out. Donate to them. it's a it's a battle we're fighting in America, and we're in this together. Not them, not DC, just you and me. And Daniel. We'll be right back.
0: whole ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Hi, I'm Mr. H. Here to tell you about an unusual
2: and sensational nutritional product that contains 9 exotic fruits, 13 vitamins, 17 herbs, 18 amino acids, and 70 colloidal trace minerals. It's called Immuno 150. Nothing like it in the world. If you're trying to get rid of some pain or correct any health issue, you might try Immuno150. Look at the website immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. You've probably never consumed more than 20 minerals in your life, but your body needs at least 60 minerals. So try Immuno150 to see what 70 minerals and 80 other nutrients can do for you. Call 888-316-2224. That's 888-316-2224.
1: Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a BOGO extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one, get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, six-piece towel set, and roll and Go Anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the Radio Listener Specials page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bethann or call one 800 978
2: Ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS ten thousand dollars or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS, or our services cost you nothing. The first one hundred people. People that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-668-2493. 800-668-2493. 668 2493 That's 800-668-2493.
1: We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Dan Turner. Fastest hour of the day. We're in the final segment. I've got, I got one question for you. If it doesn't take us the whole segment to talk about it. And then I wanted to, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, some of the things that were revealed five ways the train wreck revealed the train wreck. And, um, uh, so first question, and I, and this is a legitimate question from me to you because I've heard this. This uh, phrase now from both Republicans and Democrats. So this is Representative, she's a Democrat, Elisa Slot, Slotkin. And she's throwing in her to the Senate race in Michigan because Senator Debbie Stabenow, or however you pronounce her name, is, is not going to seek reelection. Re- so this is the comment that the new girl is making. Look, we all know America is getting through something right now. Is going through something right now. We seem to be living crisis to crisis. Now, this is a Democrat, (laughs) but there are certain things that we should, that should be really simple. She doesn't tell what those are, but here's what she says We need a new generation of leaders that thinks differently, works harder, and never forgets that we are public servants. So, the part I want to concentrate on that is. We need a new generation of leaders. That's exactly what Nikki Haley said. We need a new generation of, of thinkers, of leaders. Is that going to be the new phrase for the next uh, couple of years now?
2: You know, it's a great question. It probably is because that is one of the commonalities between Biden and Trump is they're both um, older. Um, I would argue Trump is in much better shape than Biden, especially mentally. Um, but they are, they are not kids, but Biden just turned 80 yeah. and Trump is 77 or 78, I believe. So yeah. I guess that's a good differentiator between yourself and the establishment class, which no one seems to be too happy with when you throw in Pelosi, McConnell, uh, Chuck Schumer, Steny Hoyer. they're all old. <laughs> I mean, Bernie, yeah, something, uh, Dianne Feinstein is, is over ninety, um, and she finally announced her resignation, though she didn't remember announcing it. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's that's probably uh, you know the, the way to go. Um, I just I, I am disgusted by Democrats who run for office not sounding like Democrats. That's where I have way more respect for AOC and Ilhan Omar, who just tell you. This is what I believe and this is what I'm going to do if I'm elected than the Democrats who say we need to come together as Americans and find solutions because tomorrow is a brighter day. And I think that, no, 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 don't lie to me. My after God, after,
1: after we incarcerate all that, Donald Trump people, after we yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: melt their communities my, my
1: down with chemical local spills. My and...
2: here votes 100 percent with the Democrat agenda every single time. But her campaign ads were all about how I put country ahead of party. And I go, well, no, yeah. you don't.
1: <laughs> hey, you know something, too, to that, to what you're saying? I noticed probably 20 years ago when the, when the uh, campaign signs go up around here, they don't put whether they're Democrat or Republican on them. No. Have you noticed that? That's been the last at least 20 years.
2: And yeah. I thought, wait
1: a minute. Are they ashamed of their party? or is it because of what their party stands for that they think they can get the vote regardless of what party they are i mean i i don't know but but that phrase kind of got me and i and i thought you know i wonder if this is going to be the phrase on both sides now because we do have two older people that we're probably running i'm still a trump person but um yeah i do get what they're saying so
2: well i think the people running for office are like some of those Medical commercials you see on TV, where it's a couple <laughs> walking down the street and the sun is shining, and they're at the farmer's market, and they just tell you to take a mox and, and it's, and you're like, well, what does it do? It's like I don't know. It makes that person happy, and that's who your person running for Congress is. They don't, you don't know what they believe, what they say. They just tell you to vote. Vote for Daniel Turner because he believes in
0: tomorrow.
2: Uh, okay, sure. Because, yeah, you know, vote. the
1: future is in your title, you know. <laughs> 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 so the train wreck, and I know we're going to run out of time, but this is coming from a, a writer off of American Greatness. His name's Adam Mill, and I, I really like the way he called it the vigilante of journalists that broadcast with their sports phone, and they podcast, and so, therefore, all the information they were trying to hide from... The uh, train wreck in Palestine got revealed to the American people. And then I liked what he said. Buddha Judge fluent only in woke speak. (laughs) He's got away with words here, but his five things that it revealed were Democrats caught not caring, caught lying to blame Trump, exposing the fakeness of modern environmentalism, Another black eye for Democrat stewardship of public safety. An inconvenient lack of white privilege. There mm-hmm. as most of them in East Palestine are not, they're certainly not wealthy people. Uh, uh, you know, we we're talking about that. California folks aren't wealthy people. We may have some that are well off, but, uh, the majority of us is, are not, <laughs> you know. It's not a rich, uh, not a rich Montauk County is not a rich con- county. So there's a lot of those around this country that, the politicians would just soon sweep under the rug and ignore.
2: Yeah, 100%. And and, and I don't say this to be um, shocking or, you know, shock jock value. Uh, I believe this 100%. If the people of, of East Palestine were, were a different color, uh, were a different religion, if it was a, a Somali community, uh, if, if they would have gotten more attention. But their problem is that they were white, Christian, and poor. And, and no one cares about that demographic. It's why J.D. Vance wrote the book he wrote and, mm. and, and how he came to prominence. Um, they are the forgotten folks in America. That's the forgotten man that Amitabh Shalels writes about. It's the, it's the demographic that did elect the president. Um, and, and people remar- marvel now that, that Trump, um, attracts the uneducated or I shouldn't say uneducated, the non-college degrees. But they're the ones who feel like they're getting left behind. They're the ones who feel like the system doesn't care about them or doesn't support them. And they're true. It's 100 percent accurate. Um, And, And you know, the reason backbone of the Democrat Party, but not anymore.
1: And this is probably a topic for another day. But the reason these communities are poor right now, they used to flourish. They had factories. They were, You know, there's farming in the communities, but we used to have factories. We used to produce something, and that all went somewhere else. Yes. And so these communities and, and don't have the factories. We used to have a jacket factory here in, in Montauk County. We had a potato chip factory here in Montauk County. We had a, a a woolen mill years ago in Montauk County. Those were all gone.
2: And that's They're why when Joe gone. Biden talks about his great Made in America vision... You want to say, well, what what ignorance do you have of your 60 years in D.C. fighting against that with outsourcing, with NAFTA, etc.? So can't have it both ways.
1: You can't. I hear the music. <laughs> Daniel, thank Unbelievable. you. Unbelievable. Be so careful sad. traveling tomorrow. Take care of the sheep. It's just about uh, shearing time, isn't it? That's coming up here in a couple months for you.
0: It what is. warm.
1: Sure? <laughs> well, we're having a beautiful day today, but I'm sure winter's not done with us. So uh, Anyway, thank you. God bless you. Appreciate you so much for all that you do for CSC Talk Radio and what you do for America with Power of the Future, PoweroftheFuture.com. Because mm-hmm. we need to work with Daniel because he's helping us all bring America home. God bless you, Daniel.
0: Home! Um...